morning, beautiful people. Happy Monday. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. This is Love Babs Love Talk. Woo, it's been a weekend. It has been a weekend. It's been a weekend. It's raining in the elm, or kinda, or something. It's doing something in the elm. Listen, I'm not complaining we need all the rain that we can get because we are still in a drought situation. And we need the rain. Let's see, what did I do this weekend? Let me refer to the gram. <laughs> First of all, what I like to do is check my calendar because that'll tell me what did I schedule to do. So I was supposed to have a root canal on Friday. That's why I wasn't here Friday. I get to the endodontist who is a brother and quite cute. Um, check my teeth, tooth, the one that they, my dentist was concerned about. He's like, he doesn't see any damage. Uh, no root. Let's let's hold off on a root canal, and and let's do some other things. So he told me, uh, my that tooth is just probably sensitive because I had it filled, um, and that uh, I'm brushing my teeth too hard. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that means. I said I have electric to- toothbrush. He's like, well, are you leaning on it? And this morning, what I this morning when I was brushing my teeth. I mean, I brushed my teeth since I saw him. Um, but I, I became very aware of how I was pressing down, pressing the brush to my teeth. And he was like, you don't have to brush, let the brush do the work. <laughs> you don't have to help it. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's like, yeah, you're brushing too hard. And, uh, so I want you to get some pro enamel and some fluoride wash. And I'll talk to you in two weeks. See, see if it's still feeling some kind of way. I was like, okay. So, yeah, so we drove all the way up to Hartford um, to get that diagnosis, which was fine because, you know, anytime I don't have to have something done, I'm not going to be like mad because I drove to Hartford to get a, we're not going to do it. Thing. I was like, okay, that's cool. I, I'm going to live with that because he's like, people get up here, they get mad. They're like, you have to do something. I'm not, I was like, look, doc, I'm not one of those people. You tell me what it is. I'm good with it. So Ife and I was, Ife was kind enough to drive her with me because if I was going to have a root canal, she's going to have to drive me back. So anyway, since we didn't have a root canal, guess what we did? We went to It's Only Natural, Ion, in Middletown, on that Middletown drag right there, down from Wesleyan. It's a, it's a vegan restaurant, all vegan, all the time, all day. Man, oh man, oh, oh. And the vibe in there is so boho chic. Do you know what I mean? Like you feel like you're in Brooklyn. It's that kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Like Harlem, Brooklyn, it could be anywhere. Anywhere cool and hip and happening. It could have been Portugal, but it was cool in there. We had a wonderful waitress named Karen, AKA Grace, uh, who waited on us. We had cocktails, really good crafted cocktails. Oh my Lord. I love people who can make a good cocktail. I swear I do. So Eva and I ordered, she ordered um, some kind of, you know, it's a vegan restaurant, so nothing is real. So it was like, I guess like a scallop thing, but it had um, asparagus and mashed potatoes. You know, I'm, I'm always in heaven when I could eat mashed potatoes someplace because I can't ever have mashed potatoes in a regular space. So I ordered, um, I ordered a, um, 
uh, a soul plate. You know what I mean? Like Southern soul kind of thing. Fried tofu. Now, listen, I know everybody say, ew, 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 tofu. No, 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 no. Let me check you before you wreck yourself. That fried tofu rivaled any kind of fried chicken you could get your hands on. It was seasoned to perfection. Can I tell you, you've never had fried tofu like this. I, I, I forgot that it was, t- I was like, what the hell am I, are they sure? <laughs> At fried tofu seasoned beautifully. I mean, seasoned. You know, I don't mess around with vegan white folks because, you know, white folks not, you know, even though a thousand, thousands of years ago, they, they raped whole Caribbean countries and whole African continents for spices. For some reason, it didn't translate into usage. <laughs> No shade to my white friends. <laughs> Y'all low on the spice rack. So, so it was seasoned beautifully. So it came with fried tofu and um, seasoned greens. And, you know, when you say seasoned greens to black folks, you know, we think in collard, cabbage, mustard, turnip. Well, these were kale. And, you know, kale is just for me a poor substitute for greens. But these people, whoever they got back there, Big Mama and then whoever, whoever was back up in there seasoning them greens knew what the hell they were doing. Black folks would trek in there, eat them greens every day of the week because they were seasoned right. I'm talking seasoned like Big Mama and them. So, so it had seasoned greens, and uh, some smoky black beans, which mwah, chef's kiss, right? I mean, everything was just perfection. But the piece de resistance was that damn cornbread. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you one damn thing about cornbread. Black people, we don't mess around with cornbread. I rarely get cornbread unless my kids make it, right? Or I make it because they know how to make it vegan. And it's good when we make it. It's good. But, you know, it's a little work to do it. I don't like to do it. When I, especially if I just want a piece of cornbread, not a whole damn pan. Well, these people brought out a brick of cornbread. And I'm thinking, they've not disappointed me, not one bit. But I know when it comes to cornbread, white folks, like I said, low on the spice rack. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. That cornbread called up the ancestors. That cornbread was so damn good, I wanted to go in the street and find some black people to smack. Because that cornbread was so, holy, that cornbread was so good, I didn't even want to take it home. I was like, nope, it's like crack. I would I would be up here every day trying to get this cornbread. I know me. I know what I'm capable of. That cornbread was so good. Wait, 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 wait. And then she brings me some honey butter, vegan honey butter that they make. They make their own. What? Holy cow. That cornbread was so good. We didn't even get dessert. And I wanted to get the pecan sandy cookies. I was so, I was, my head was so, <laughs> my head was so undone by the cornbread. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything else. Let me tell you something. That cornbread was so damn delicious. It was ridiculous. I don't know what what deep level slavery they got back in that kitchen. <laughs> I, 
I don't know who is back there. I I know whoever was back there cooking, I needed to go back there and shake their hands because that food was so damn good. It was, it was, you know, Ife and I, we just, we just ate. I mean, it, we just, we just enjoyed it. We just enjoyed, I mean, it was just, I'm trying to figure out when I could fit in my schedule to run back up to Middletown. They do a brunch. And so the couple, the little couple, little white couple sitting next to us um, was like, oh, get this, get that. Try this, try that. They eat here and then they took food to go. <laughs> they had lunch and then they took food to go because they're like, we ain't come back out tonight. I was like, okay. So they were like, come for brunch. It's everything, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, we got to make our way to brunch. Got to make our way to brunch. Got to do it. I just, I got to do it. It was so good. Now I want to go back up there again. Cause you know, you go one time, the magic, I got to see if the magic is consistent. I got to see if the cornbread is consistent. Oh my God. It was so good. It was so, so good. If you've not been to Ion, I-O-N, it's only natural. In Middletown. And it's like next door to, I don't know, some kind of other restaurant. And uh, a bunch of restaurants. Like, it's a, this is a whole drag. If you've been to Middletown, you've been on the main drag where there's like all kinds of stuff from around the world. You know, shops, restaurants alike, bars, all that kind of stuff. So, so you could literally just stroll until you bump into anything. Uh, but that was, that was Friday. Friday. Then we came back into town. We popped over to uh, uh, Possible Futures, which is always a good... If you've not made your way to Possible Futures, you really ought to get over there. The space is so inviting and welcoming. And, you know, Lauren is so knowledgeable. You know, it's one thing. Like This is this is the favorite. I, I love to go in places where people are knowledgeable about... They, they just don't have people working there who don't know anything. No shade to people who just work in and they don't give a damn about whatever, the product. But I love when I go into like the wine thief and they, I talk to them about wine and they know all the wines in there, right? Like they drank most of them, tasted and whatever. I, that's my thing. I love that. I love that. So when you go to Possible Futures where Lauren Anderson holds court, running a business right there on Edgewood and Hotchkiss, she knows the books so she can talk to you. And then she can recommend books to go with that book when you finish reading the book. Where do they do that at? You can't get, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. You go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble sites or whatever the hell it is. And they'll say, oh, people who bought this book bought this book. That That's not a recommendation to me. That's like, oh, somebody, a couple of people bought these books to go with this book or whatever, whatever. I was like, fine, whatever. I like talking to somebody who was like, let me tell you why you want this book for this after you read that book, if you want to stay on the same vein. I, I love that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So we were in here hanging out. Good space for kids. Good space for adults. The community has embraced it. The drug dealers had took their operations down the street. <laughs> Listen, everybody knows the value of a good ass bookstore. <laughs> it's good for all the businesses. <laughs> it's good for all business. <laughs> mm. It's good for all the businesses. So anyway, um, so we did that Friday. 
uh, hung out there for a little bit, um, ran over to uh, uh, Keila Liddell Gallery because uh, Kim Weston has a new exhibit up, which was really, really nice. Really, really nice. And, uh, um, I, you know, I enjoy her work. I figure out a way to find a way to buy something, you know, because uh, my friend Jonathan has a piece of her artwork. My store of Misa has a piece of her artwork. And uh, and once once I get my house out of being a storage shed, I can hang some of her artwork. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So anyway, then we ended up on the porch Friday night, which was really nice. Um, talking about education stuff. It was a good conversation about education and um, and the state of education in the state and education across the country. And uh, and it was a it was a lively lively discussion. You know, we had Dory Dumas and Jonathan uh, Berryman and Ife and um, the good Dr. Allison who started her new job at Southern. So it was a rousing conversation, and so much so that um, somebody somebody walked by my porch yesterday and said, "I heard the conversation y'all were having Friday night about education." And it was so enjoyable. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> I had no idea we were that damn loud. But, you know, you get hyped up, throw some liquor and something, it's just loud. So, so it was a good conversation. It was a great conversation. Saturday, I started the Yale Access to Law program. 20 students. It feels like the paper chase. Remember that show? No, some of y'all won't remember this show. That shit was like 50 years ago. But anyway, we started and uh, I posted up my pictures on Instagram, sitting next to my brother, uh, Earl Bloodworth. <laughs> well, I'm not sitting next to you next week. <laughs> so I said next to him, he's like, I didn't even know you posted all those pictures. I didn't even see you taking pictures. I said, listen, that's how we do it. See, I'm an old school cat. I know how to, I know how to, I know how to do it. So anyway, so. So I was sitting next to Earl. Arden was sitting behind me. I was sitting next to uh, uh, Demi Moore, who is my coach. Her name is Demi Moore. She's Jamaican and Haitian, smart uh, Yale law student, petite. She's 25, so she's she is squarely old enough to be my daughter. Uh, I'm old enough to be her mama. Um, and uh, she, so we got, so we did the, you know, we did the hatting, the hat sorting ceremony. <laughs> You know, you know, from Harry Potter, when they, you know, you sort your hat hats, the hat sorts you the way you're going to go, whether you go to Gryffindor or, you know, or whatever. So, so we had that. So I got paired with her and uh, she immediately, we have so much in common. She's from New Jersey. My sister is in New Jersey. Her sister lives in New Jersey. Her sister lives in Piscataway. My sister lives in Piscataway. It's cute, 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 cute. We had, we had a lot more things in common too, like eerily things in common. So it was almost like, is this me 20, when I was 25? No, because I was in law school at 25. But eerily, eerily, eerily. So I enjoyed her very much. So we're, we're going to meet on Friday because we have to start working on outlining our personal statements because that's important because your personal statement for law school is the way that they meet you. 
which might be their saving grace in my account. <laughs> so, so I, I, so, so we could, I, we couldn't figure out a time to meet the, during the, the early part of the week because I'm busy. She's busy. We're all busy. So, so we're going to meet on Friday. And she was really like, Oh, I really wanted to. I was like, girl, I'm a, I was thinking to myself, girl, I'm a writer. I know how to write. I know. I, and I, I've already started crafting my outline. I've been thinking about it. It's been swirling in my head about how to, how to tell the story of me in a way that um, is interesting, engaging and get my ass into somebody's law school. I have a law school in mind. We'll see. We shall see. We shall see. That's the goal. So anyway, it was a wonderful experience and they catered with uh, Sandra Soul Food, had way more food than they should have had, but it was really, really good. You know, fish, collard greens. The only thing that was missing was potato salad. That's my only criticism. Potato salad wasn't in the mix. But other than that, everything else is that had some jerk chicken. They had, um, oh God, I mean, you know, all the stuff that Sandra's makes. So it was great. It was great. We played games. Arden won because, you know, A-type. Um, let's see. So it was a, a bunch of Deltas, uh, you know, who are in the law school and who are in this program. So that was kind of cool to see Soros. Um, it was nice. It was good. I, um, uh, um, James Foreman gave a rousing um, sermon. <laughs> he gave a rousing sermon because I'm telling you, I was sitting there, I was like, ugh. You know, the, 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 the doubts, I don't even know if it's the doubts, but the, you know, I guess it's doubts, not, not in my ability. I, I have no doubts about my ability. I, I know what I'm capable of, I always have known. But, the, but there is a moment when you think, hmm, 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 hmm. But he, um, his sermon, and I'm calling it a sermon because he preached it, y'all. He got us all hyped up and like, yeah, we can do this. <laughs> You know, sort of like a brave heart moment. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> we can do this. And he was like, every every last one of you belong here. Blah blah blah. I was like, okay, all right. But but I did like what he said about um, you know, so oftentimes we tell people that they could do anything, but we don't give them the tools to do anything, right? We don't give them the tools. And he was like, I would always particularly people who were incarcerated, formerly incarcerated. And he would say, yeah, 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 you could be a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, you could be anything you want. And then he realized that wasn't enough to just encourage people by saying they could do things. What can we put in place to show, to help them along the way, to help them into the journey? And I was so moved by that. I really was because I, I that's how I think too. Like it's, it's not enough to say you can, you can do anything. <laughs> But if you're not going to put wind beneath people's wings, what are you even doing? What are you even doing? What are you even doing? So, so, uh, so this is the answer to how do we help? How do we help? How do we change the tides? How do we get the numbers of black and brown people up and formerly incarcerated people up and doing this work and getting into the game, suiting up, becoming lawyers? So I was quite moved by that. So there's a lot going on. I, I, I'm, uh, I signed up for my study group. And uh, <laughs> I got to work on my, um, I got to work on my, let me see. I got, 
Yeah, I got I got to sign up. For, I signed up for my study group. I got to sign up for some other things to get that ball rolling. I'm gonna do that today. Uh, I'm gonna start looking. I've already started crafting my personal statement, at least outlining it. I know enough writers who I can get the proofread for me. Like I know writers up. I know writers from here to hell. So um, so that's not gonna be a problem. If I can't write a personal statement with all the help I got, then I shouldn't even be entertaining this at all. All the people I know, my personal statement ought to look like a three-act play by the time I'm done with it. <laughs> my, my personal statement ought to win a Pulitzer. <laughs> when I'm done, after I have all the eyes look at it and all the, you know, all the red, all the red pencil critiques. It better it better win some awards. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm here for it. Listen, all the people that I know that are writers and editors and who will get me right, you know, not, not to mention my own talent, but, you know, there are people who are way more talented than I who could take a, a critical eye. And listen, I'm not going to be mad at anybody. Nope, nope, nope. I will stand my ground, but I'm not going to be mad. I'm going to take everybody's advice. Because <laughs> I want this thing to be beautifully done. So when they read it, they'll be like, damn, I really want to meet her. So it's got to be one part. You know how dating apps ask you to put your profile? So it's got to be one part dating app profile. It's got to be one part fantasy. It's got to be one part... <laughs> It's got to be one part, a mashup between Nelson Mandela and MLK. <laughs> it's got to have a little hood to it. So I got to put some, like, you know, I like it when you call me Big Pop. Uh, I got to put some of that in there. <laughs> I got to put some funny girl in there. I'm talking Barbara Streisand. Um, Don't rain on my parade kind of funny girl singing. I got so it's gotta it's gotta do a lot of things. It's gotta do a lot of things. It's gotta be like Miles Davis cool at his at his at his core, right? So I, I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> this this personal statement is gonna be for the ages. <laughs> I'm not playing. I'm not playing because you know what? If I get into somebody's law school, this whole community is going with me because that's the only way I'm going to be able to do it. The whole community has to go with me. I need It's going to be like Rocky. I need everybody to run up those steps. <laughs> I, need to, I need everybody to run because this is the only way I'm going to do it. I, I, that's just it. I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to stand on the, stand with the ancestors and I got to stand with the with the with the people who are in my my life at this very moment cheering me on I need it because that's the only way you're going to be able to do this I'm not trying to do this in secret I'm not trying to do this in isolation I'm not trying to do any of that that you that does not help you that does not help you at all I need people in my corner. I need people on the side of the road. I need people in front of me. I need people behind me. I need people above me. I need people to, to just be right there as guideposts and like posts and, and, and all the posts because I, I know this is going to be um, work and, uh, and I don't want to be by myself doing it. I'm not good like that. So this is a real community commitment, whether the community knows it or not. Y'all coming for the ride. <laughs>
So that that is it. And so yesterday, Sunday, you know, chilling. Um, I had Addis Castillo and um, and Earl Bloodworth on the porch yesterday, and we were sitting up there drinking um, drinking uh, Diplomatico. I haven't had Diplomatico in a long time. It's a rum, so I hadn't had Diplomatico in a very long time. And you know, rum. I, I I gave up drinking rum, not because I don't like it, but because the sugar content is so high in rum, right? So that caramel flavor, you know, if you if you want something a little sweeter than bourbon, rum, a good rum might do it for you. So uh so um um Addis was sharing her wisdom with us, which is so helpful. Oh my God, it's so helpful. And they they went, they were in the program. She was in the program when it was a pandemic, so they couldn't even gather. Whew. So I I was just grateful that uh she could come and spend some time and uh and just talk to us about her experience and what we should uh um look at and and think about and work on. And, uh, and she was very real with us too. Like, this is re- whatever you got to, you got to put in the work, you got to put in the reading, you got to put in the, you got to prepare the, you know, the application process, it deserves this kind of commitment because it's hefty, you know, and the LSAT is not going to be a walk in the park, you know, like this program will help you. And, you know, she, she suggested that, you know, just take a practice one now, just to, just to get a vibe for where you are and, you know, I was like, oh God, I don't even know. I'm I might do it this week though. I might do it, find some time. She's like, just block out two hours and take it. See, see, and it'll and you know, you there's some programs out there that she gave us um that'll tell you your score in real time. Like it'll tell you, you know, where you're weak at, it'll give you an analysis. So I'm scared because God knows. So you need like a 180. I think 180 is the, the number um for LSAT. So you want to be somewhere above 150. I think you want to be in the 160s. I was like, oh God, Jesus. So we'll see, huh? Ah, I don't know. So, so yeah, so this is why I'm taking that law class, the color of, I'm taking uh, race and the law and, uh, and the book, the, the color of law, just so I can have an academic, just to get my brain academically ready for reading. And thank God I already started reading more and more and more so that it is not a foreign concept. Uh, I mean, I'm a reader, but there's a moment there that I wasn't reading a damn thing. So I had committed since last year, since last summer, to uh, start reading some of the books that I got for my 55th birthday. <laughs> I started, so I started, so I started that. So now I got to step it up because I got to be reading. So uh, once I get past the gala season no not even get past i'm gonna read in in conjunction with the gala season because the arts and ideas gala is coming up the jamaican american connection gala is coming up there one at one after the other friday saturday and then the um arts uh awards are coming up in december uh, but for the most part i'm really gonna buckle down like you won't see me at all the you won't see me at everything because I'm like, mm, can't do it. I got a, I got a goal. I got a goal. I got a mission. 
and uh, and um, and I don't want to squander my time, and I certainly don't want to squander my talents. The parable of the talents. I do not wish to squander them. So, um, so that's what I'm going to be doing. So that's that that is the that is the plan. And uh, I wanted to get up this morning and start my exercise, but I'm I'm not going to go to bed tonight without riding my bike or getting on my vibration plate or taking a walk. I'm not going to go to, I'm not going to let this sunset without starting this because I said today would be the day and I didn't get up in time this morning. I mean, I was up, but I, I was doing so many other things that I didn't start with um, working out. So I'm going to change that and uh, not let this day go without riding my bike or something, something, I have to do something. And it may be the, my vibration plate and my bike together today, right? So 15 minutes on the vibration plate, which is the max, and then maybe 15 minutes on my bike. That's, that's, that's how I have to do it every single day, every single day. Vibration plate, not every day, but the bike every day, walking every day. Because I've got to get, uh, I've got to get the brain working and it's working but you know exercise helps creates new all the things <laughs> so i had to i had to get ready get ready oh and then you know i gotta be i gotta be ready for lit fest too so i'm gonna, I'm gonna take it all in so if i didn't ask me to do anything for it except she's gonna be on my show so if she if she wants me to do something i'm happy to do it whatever she tells me to do i'm good and um don't forget the um um, it's the season of uh, what is it the, uh, the 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 arts thing the book Ugh, I can't stand when I can't figure I can't remember what it was that is that a sign I don't know what that is might be a sign it's a sign that I need to pay attention uh, the uh, the book the book awards are the that happens at Yale. That's, uh, that's, I think that's this week or next week or the coming week. So you don't want to miss that. All the good, the good talks about that. Um, let me, let me find it. Damn it. I cannot stand when I don't know. <laughs> I have to go look it up. Let me look it up so I can get it to the people correctly. Cause I can't be telling people information and then, um, and then I don't give them what they need and then they'll be like Babs, you didn't tell me what it is i was like i'm telling you what it is now i'm looking for it and uh and i know where it is i'm gonna find it right now the wyndham campbell the wind wyndham campbell uh campbell um the wyndham campbell event starts september 21st well no it doesn't start september 1st starts september 19th the wyndham campbell campbell festival um, is back in person this year, this fall. Uh, starts September nineteenth through the twenty second, and uh, and they had asked me one of the they had asked me to host up with one of the winners, but I'm I am officiating a wedding on that day, so I can't do it. I'm really bummed by that because I really want to participate. So I'm bummed. Um, you know what else is coming up too? Uh, Dixwell Congregational Church is celebrating this 200 plus anniversary. So they're having an event at, they're having a big dinner gala celebration thing um, at the Omni, but 
they're also at the Beinecke will be on display um, the history of the DCC, I mean, the Dixwell UCC um, of history at the Beinecke. So uh, it'll be Black New Haven and Dixwell UCC history. So the Beinecke has a lot of the artifacts and a lot of the things. And so, and if you've never been to the Beinecke, it's one of my favorite, favorite places in the city. It is such a treasure to the city uh, that we have this wonderful, beautifully uh, curated um, um, library. So, and y'all know uh, the Congregational United Church of Christ, the DCC Church, uh, the Dixwell UCC Church uh, was founded in 1820. So it is the oldest uh, African-American congregational UCC church in the world. Um, and so it is located in the historic Dixwell uh, community. So um, they are uh, celebrating this bicentennial plus two because COVID knocked them out the box. Um, so September 17th, on Saturday afternoon, the public can come in and see these materials at the library, at the Beinecke. So, so there'll be papers of uh, Deacon Bias Stanley, scrapbooks, scrapbooks of the Reverend Amos Beeman, uh, and other important documents of the church um, and of the Black community. Um, so you'll get a sense of what Black life was like in the 19th century uh, here in Connecticut, you know, so... So if you have mind to uh, see that, so Saturday, Saturday, September 17th, my brain is going faster than my lips. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. I hope you're looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a great, a great event. Um, are they still calling for people for the Hill House class of 72? I think there's a, I think uh, I need to wrestle that PSA. Um, um, that PSA up so I could tell people it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but yeah, go to the Beinecke, uh website or find them on Facebook. They got all the information up there because y'all are on Facebook because y'all watching me. So go to the Beinecke Facebook page or, or holler at Mike Moran, Mr. Beinecke. Holler at him. Um, for your uh for your for more information but uh i think that's well worth saying i'm gonna check it out because uh, I, I i like i like history like that and uh to see what people were like uh to see what people were like in the 19th century particularly in this city so uh, it's always good to look back you cannot move forward unless you look back sankofa um, so yeah, do take a look, see, and uh, and let me know. Let's see what else I wanted to. There was another PSA that I wanted to holler about, and uh, 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 yes, Hill House, Hill House. So um, if if you are of the class of 1974, Hill House High School, um, they are looking for their classmates because they want to have a reunion and they are going to, uh, um, they want to put together a video. So if you're interested and you are of the class of 74, they're gathering October 22nd 
And you can reach out to hillhouseclass74 at gmail.com so that you can let them know that you want to be a part of it. Okay? So um, I just want you all to know. So members from the James Hill House High School class of 1974 are coordinating a video class reunion gathering schedule for October 22nd. It has been many years since y'all got together. It is time to get together and reconnect and catch up and ooh, girl, ooh, guy, ooh, boy, do it. So when you hear this, and y'all know people from the class of 1974 at Hill House, pass it on. HillHouseClass74 at gmail.com. So I hope y'all, uh, I hope y'all pass that on, you know. Shout out to uh, Lucy Gelman. She got an award at the uh, Freddie Fix a Gala Saturday night. High five, Lucy. No one more deserving than you. Uh, so I hope you are um, basking in being showered with love and affection. As uh, high five to uh, the, the festival, the International Festival of Arts and Ideas. High five to the Schubert Theater, uh, who all were awarded, um, fed it by the uh, Freddie Fixer uh, parade folks. So yes, 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 yes. So uh, I just wanted to say that because I I wasn't able to attend, but I I did wanted to shout them out this morning and uh, wish them um, high five. High five, high five, high five, high five, high five. Um, what else is going on? Let's see. I know there's there's more things that I was thinking about. I didn't want to lose track of. I need to I need to make a la- a laundry list of all the things um, because it could easily. Oh, cocktail week! Cocktail week kicks off. I think on the 18th. I want to say the 18th. They start, they're having a little spirits ball, I think, at bar. Um, the tickets are very reasonable. And then all the cocktail spots are very reasonable too. So we've got we did it one year. I think one of the first years that they did it. It was so much fun. I learned so much about different cocktails. So if you want to get a real education on what the hell you're drinking. <laughs> So, or, or you want to learn to order some cooler things, you know, uh, there's people out there making really great cocktails with some really great things. So uh, cocktail week starts. So go to the, um, you know, Tim Cabral over there, Ordinary, go check out their website. But I think the cocktail week has its own flyer and all that out there. So check it out. Don't, don't be square. (laughs) Don't be square. It's cocktail week. I, I'm not going to be able to do cocktail week because I got this new commitment and I cannot be every night running around drinking cocktails. I got to be studying. <laughs> Whew. It's already hard. <laughs> I'm already making sacrifices. <laughs> I'm already making good sacrifices. So uh, yeah, do that. So cocktail week. I'm Listen, y'all are always asking me what's going on. Cocktail week starts 18th. It's downtown, all the good bars, you know, uh, Isle Shop. And I mean, there's a bunch of good places that are uh, up on it. So, uh, and I think they've added some new people since the last time I checked. So I want y'all to uh, 
I want you all to uh, partake. So uh, New Haven Cocktail Week kicks off and I want you to uh, go and enjoy it. So <laughs> it starts, uh, it starts, uh, let's see, yes. Uh, the inaugural uh, kickoff party, Spirits Ball, starts September 18th from 2 to 5. So there'll be a spirits tasting at bar. So there's a, there's a lot going on. Zinc has joined Cocktail Week. Um, uh, who else? Olea has joined Cocktail Week. Listen, it's going to be on and pop popping. The old Heidelberg, which is back. Did y'all know the old Heidelberg right there in Upper Chapel Street is back and looking shiny and spiffy? The old Heidelberg Oak Haven um, table and bar up on State Street. I've eaten there a few times. It's a wonderful little space. Uh, who else is down? Uh, Mecha is doing cocktail week. Mecha Noodle Bar right downtown, you know, uh, right there in that little drag where all things are happening. So, you know, it's a, it's a good time. It's a, it's a good time. So I, I would suggest that you, uh, you, uh, you make your way. Um, you know, Geronimo is participating. Geronimo Tequila Bar and Southwest Grill. So come on, come on, come on, come on. It's gonna be on and popping. You're gonna love it. And if you miss it, you're gonna be you're gonna be mad. <laughs> you're, you're gonna be mad. So I suggest you make your way. <sighs> uh, I see all the hoopla still going on about the queen. Listen, I learned a thing this weekend. I learned a thing since the passing of the queen. And listen, as a grandmother and a mother and all that, I, I, you know, listen, my hearts and prayers go out to the family because, you know, that's their mother. She's the queen, but that's their mother. But what I will not do is, is, is not remind people that uh, that monarchy is the architects of white supremacy and, and their wealth uh, is due to the fact that they were the architects of the slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade. And, and, and though they were the first to out rule, to rule it out, there's some layers to even that, right? So if you look a little closer to what they actually did, um, you'll see. Uh, so I learned a thing about the Irish, the Irish and black, the Irish Twitter and black Twitter joined <laughs> and had a field day. <laughs> And people were up, and people were upset at Black Twitter, like we started it or something. <laughs> I guess people just want us to nod and smile about, um, I don't know, colonization, and and uh, <laughs> and how how this monarchy has has taken over. I don't know, pretty much a, a lot of the world and colonized, tried to colonize it, and and let's not forget, Kenya hasn't forgotten. And, and, and a lot of these places are not forgotten, you know? I mean, yeah, they like to tell this ridiculous story about when she was in Kenya, she went up in the trees as a princess and came down as a queen, but they don't talk about the Mau Mau rebellion and how they massacred a million people, put them in camps and killed them. And we not, oh, but we want to go with the fairy tale. So that's what I mean. It's all, you could tell the story, you could tell the truth and, 
and be fine with telling the truth. You could be, you could celebrate whatever you think this, this monarchy has done for the world or whatever. You can celebrate that, but you cannot lose sight of the fact that they are the architects of, of colonize, colonization. I mean, you just ask the Irish people. So everybody likes to talk about the potato famine, but why? Why did the potato famine happen? Are you, are you su to suggest that... <laughs> Let me let me not get ahead of myself. Are you suggesting that the Irish brought on the potato famine because they couldn't grow potato? What well, I'm trying to understand. This is why history and learning of history is so critical. Because you have people out here who don't know anything about why the Irish people are celebrating the death of this queen. You know, and if you don't know anything about the conflicts that go on in Ireland and 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 that part of the world, the UK. Um, then you do yourself a disservice, you know, you do yourself a disservice when you don't spend the time to learn about these things, you know, when you don't understand how, how that queen represents so much of the ills that has happened to Africa, so much of the ills that has happened to India, so much of the ills that has happened throughout the Caribbean. And when I say ills, I mean genocide. <laughs> That's what I mean, genocide. So, you know, while you can admire this whole monarchy story and get whipped up in to what you know now of them and be whipped into a frenzy and be caught up in the celebrity of Megan and Harry and William and Kate and blah, blah, blah. I mean, while you can, you know, cause we, we are, we are one for celebrity. Um, you, 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 you have to know where these, people came from? What is the line? What is the lineage? What is the history? I mean, they changed their, I mean, there's so much about them that people don't know and they don't want to know because it takes the shine off of them. It, it, it tells you historically what they have been to the world. You know, this sweet old lady that just died. Yeah, but she, she sat over a great many atrocities in her 70 year reign. And I know people are like, oh, well, she's just a figurehead. No, that, that's not gonna fly. <laughs> that monarchy, that, mo that monarchy exists on the blood of slaves, of enslaved people. So what do you what are we doing? So, so forgive me if um, those of us who have been oppressed are not going to shed our tears for our oppressor. Just keep that in mind, people. Stop getting all in your feelings about stuff you know nothing about or you are unwilling to know anything about. You're just like, oh, it's a fairy tale. I read fairy tales. Ooh, a king, a queen, a princess. But you, you don't understand. These people wrecked genocide across the world. They did. And, and I don't, listen. I, there's no nice way to say that. That's just tell the truth. Stand in the truth. And then if you want to cheer and be all up in their business and you know, whatever, then okay, then that's then that's your stupid selves. But miss me with, oh, we have we can't speak ill of the dead. We speak ill of the dead all the time. Dead doesn't give you any a pass. Death doesn't give you a pass. Oh, they're not here to defend themselves. They got a whole history. 
had a whole monarchy. It's a whole, what are you talking about? So I'm just saying, y'all, just, you know, I had a good conversation with Dr. Robert Brown the other day, because he's going to come back and chat, because he is no longer a professor at, a, at a, I don't know, Western Connecticut or Eastern Connecticut, one of those schools, Central Connecticut. Um, but we were talking about, you know, how we're getting further and further, further and further away from people understanding what history is, like actual history. We're getting further and further away from people understanding that. And it's frightening because when when you don't know, when you don't know how we got to this place, then fascism can take, fascism can sound like a good idea. <laughs> fascism can sound like, oh, we should, yeah, we should have, we should have, maybe we should have leadership for life. What? You know? Because Trump has already mentioned it, right? He's already set it into their brains, you know, and these people are so easily gullible and easily led because they're not well read and they don't know nothing about the world. The people who do know something about the world sit by and let this happen because it serves their interest. Let's keep the people stupid so we can keep doing what we do. As long as we're smart, as long as we're reading the books that we want to read, as long as we're teaching our kids, as long as we, that we will keep a ruling class. You know how you get rid of a ruling class? You, you educate them. What did Frederick Douglass says? An educated man is not fit to be a slave. That should be on every damn school door in every part of this country. An educated man is not fit to be a slave. And until we, until we reconcile that and internalize that, we're going to have slaves. We're going to have a lower class. You know, so, so people like to say, oh, racism, it's a class issue. All right. Okay, fine. You want, you want to play the, the class card? All right, here we go. No matter what color you are, if you're uneducated and you can't make a way, you're going to be part of the ruling class, the, the serving class. You're not going to be part of the ruling class. You're going to be ruled because as long as you don't know, as long as other people above you know something and they're only above you because they know. They know things that you don't know. And they know the history of things and you don't know the history of things. You'll just go along and wonder, well, why can't I ever? You know why you can't ever? Because there's systems in place to keep you just where you are just where you are, just where you are, just in the, in the neighborhoods that you can't afford to live in, jobs that you can't afford to get to. They're always just out of reach because they need people like that to work these jobs to make these other people rich. You know, there's a reason why Walmart doesn't play, pay health, health insurance and they re, deter, they return people to the state to go on their state programs. There's a reason for that. There's a reason why, you know, they want to, they want, they don't give you quite enough hours to do what is to do right by you. There's a reason why your job is so, the job that you have to take is so far from where you live. There's a reason for that. There's a reason why public transportation doesn't support the needs of the working folks, right? There's a, there's a reason for that. And most of that, 90% of that is rooted in racism and keeping people squarely where they are. 
where they are. And until we are ready to educate people in the truth of things, then we're going to have have and have not. Watch, we're going to start building prisons again. We were on a decline. Now we're going to uptick it, right? Because prisons are good business. (laughs) Prisons make money, right? And, And there's this sense of it's cheap labor. It's just, it's probably the cheapest later labor outside of going to another country and paying them the same kind of wages for nothing where we don't have, we, we don't have to uh, abide by, you know, human rights regulations. I, I don't know how you could be a, a, a corporation here and, and not, not abide by the human rights regulations that we have in this country, but you will go to some other country and do what? support their foolishness? Well, we can't tell the countries what to do. Yeah, you can. You can as a corporation if you're doing business over there. You can say, you know what? We don't treat Americans this way. So we're not going to come over here and treat your people this way. Even though it's even though y'all said it's okay for us to do that. We're not going to do that. So we need corporations to sort of have that. And we need corporations to say, you know what, let's let us invest in America. Let us let us let us invest. Let us help what is going on in in the South and in West Virginia and all these places where jobs are needed and not just poultry farms, you know, where they lock doors on on workers, you know, not that kind of stuff like real jobs. But we don't seem to. But we're not we're not raising we're not turning up the volume on that stuff. But we are turning the volume up because oh, what is happening to that royal family? <laughs> all right, people. <laughs> We get ready to call it letters. <laughs> oh, we're about to call the letters and uh, run some PSAs, I guess. And uh, and I'll be back on the other side to, you know, do more of what I do. Talk about what's happening in the world. And uh, we'll see what happens in the world. That's all I'm going to say. So any minute now, coming up on the call letters, call letters. Somebody else asked me to read a PSA too. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. Do you know if the kids have to get the COVID vaccine for school, my five-year-old starts kindergarten this year? It's not required, but I did get mine vaccinated to be on the safe side. There were several cases of COVID in the classes this year, and I'm happy they all stayed healthy. I just keep wondering if the COVID vaccine is the right thing for my child. I understand fully, and from what I've seen, there's been no major issues with my friends or their children. The COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective, and it improves people's lives. Thanks to this vaccine, there is less spread and fewer symptoms reported by those who get infected. Now everyone over the age of six months can get it, and no appointment is necessary. Find out more at nhvvax.com, nhvvax.com. Make summer safer. Protect your family from COVID-19. Anyone over nine months old can get vaxxed. No appointment necessary. Visit nhvvax.com, that's nhvvax.com, for everything you need to know. The ones that we wrote These melodies Here are our memories Oh, these love notes 
in an old coat They mean something new All because of you
Hey, beautiful people. Welcome. <laughs> hey, beautiful people. Welcome back to Love Bachelor. Talk the second hour. Did y'all know the New Haven Grand Prix was coming back? You're listening to me on 103.5 WMHH, by the way. You know, we're live streaming all over the place. So I know y'all know because some of y'all follow me regularly. The New Haven Grand Prix, uh, a Twilight Bicycle Race and Street Festival is happening Friday, September 16th. So if you've never gone, it's a big deal, right? There's family stuff. I mean, it's, it's for your family. It's a family activity. Um, there's, if you've never seen a race, um, they take over the whole, they take up, take over downtown and these bikes are going like 120 miles per hour, some old thing. Uh, pizza, beer garden, and uh, VIP event. So if you've never gone, here's your opportunity. And uh, I think it's free for the most part. I mean, I, I, there might be a cost to get into the beer garden. Uh, so it's the uh, New Haven Grand Prix, Friday, September 16th, downtown New Haven, and the Connecticut Grand Fondo, uh, Saturday, September 17th in Madison. So, uh, so it's a fundraiser and you should want to go. Um, it's it's going to be a good time. So so if you like that kind of thing, it might be a good time for you to get out, check it out. I think the weather will be really nice. This time of year, the weather is perfect. So go. And if you've never had New Haven pizza of any sort, this might be your opportunity to get your taste in. So Friday, September 16th, 4 to 10. That's That's some good family time. Bring your kids downtown. Stay for a little bit, get some pizza, watch the bikes, and then go on home. And then the other folks who, you know, who want to hang out, hang out, because New Haven is full of places to hang out, you know, check it out. Let's see. Uh, 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 uh. What else is going on? Just check it out. I think that's a, a, good, a good opportunity to see some really cool stuff. But uh, I'm going to leave it at that because this is still uh, summer. Summer ends in a couple of weeks. So get it in while you can. And then we move right into. uh, uh, Then we move right into the fall stuff. And uh, and I think Citywide Open Studios, I don't think it's called that anymore. It's called something else. Uh, But I have to get Lisa Dent on here to talk about that uh, and talk about what's going on. Hey, uh, there's also September 25th, a book signing with author David David I. Muir, Pieces of Jamaica. So he is a photographer. He'll be here on the 25th. He'll be at Bloom. Um, go and get a book of all these beautiful photos of Jamaica. Um, and uh, I think I'm gonna try to make that. We'll see. It's on a Sunday, which is nice. Four to six, uh, and if you know anything about Bloom, it's the uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful space, gathering space, boutique, florist, all the things, cafe. So yeah, so if you you feel inclined, make your way. Um, I love a good book of photographs, so I'm gonna go check that out. And. Uh, what else is going on? I'm just I'm just scrolling through all the events. I see uh, TFO lost last week to the uh, in the U.S. Open, and I and I know people feel some kind of way. And he he's just like he felt like he let people down. Like, babe, you didn't let anybody down. 
We were all thrilled and delighted to see you go that far. And no one since Arthur Ashe 50 years ago has gotten that far. Black man. So, 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 so next year is really your year. This is your year too. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. You played hard. You played beautifully. You played brilliantly. Uh, it was just exciting and dazzling. I'm telling you, tennis was good. The U.S. Open was good this year. <laughs> it was good. It was good this year. <laughs> I mean, it's still going on, right? It's still, still going on. Uh, but uh, it, 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 it has been a ride. 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 Uh, and congratulations to the great eight. They just elected, um, they just, um, not elected, they just um, accepted uh, new members into the Hall of Change. And it was a wonderful turnout yesterday. Even though I didn't get a chance to go, I see the pictures uh, that Charlie Grady posted. How exciting, how wonderful. The, um, I hear um, um, uh, former Commissioner Simple was amazing as the MC. Uh, our new U.S. attorney was there, the sister, um, and a couple of judges was in the house. So a good thank, high five to Charlie Grady for elevating folks who have been incarcerated um, to be seen in this light. It really is something to behold. And even though I am in the inaugural class of the grade eight, uh, I have yet to be able to attend an actual grade eight uh, event. So I am... Uh, I am grateful. So I am grateful. I am grateful. I am grateful. So uh, hopefully I could get some of them on and talk to them a little bit, maybe, uh, or um, have uh, Charlie on and talk a little bit about what this, this class looks like, that kind of thing. So, so high five to them uh, that they, they've uh, got this wonderful award. God bless them. God bless them. Um, and thank you to Charlie Grady for just doing the damn thing. So uh, there's pictures up on the on the website, on the Facebook site. So if you've not seen them, go go high five them and go wish them well, congratulate them. Uh, I think that's a a wonderful. I, I'm just happy that I I have an award. So <laughs> so thank you very much. And I, I get up, get up there and see my name on the plaque. I'll get up there at some point so I can see it. But keep it going, keep it going, keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. Whew, let's see what else is going on. Um, oh, I watched the uh, House of Dragons last night. Ooh, they always like to blur those lines, boy. They like to drag you. Oh, and every week I'm like, I'm not watching this anymore. And then I watch because it is so off the chain. You know, it's it's a it's like almost 200 years um, before Game of Thrones. So it's it's like telling you how how this particular House of Dragons became. So I wonder if they're gonna do it with all the houses, like give you the precursor to like how they all got the way they got. You know, um, it's just it's just. I don't know who thinks of this fantastical stuff. I don't, they have to be a little twisted. <laughs> you have to be a little twisted. Uh, and what does that say about us that follow it along? We all a little twisted. 
Yeesh! You know. But uh, I watched it last night. And I haven't, I haven't been up on my TV watching because I've been reading a lot. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to I'm gonna get to it. I'm going to get to it. Because, uh, ooh, last night was like, I watched it twice. That's why I was like, what? Because <laughs> they run it back to back. I was like, okay, I'm here for it. I'm going I'm to I'm back to back it with you. Yikes. You know, that's the world we live in. That's the, I, I think there was some awards going on. I think the Emmys were going on. I don't know if they broadcasted them or um, I know I, they've shown the winners, but I don't, I don't ever recall seeing it. So I'm not sure. Um, but I'll be looking. Maybe I do a search and see what happened. And see what happens. Because I don't. I don't know uh, if they if they aired or if they're going to air. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I have this residual stuffiness from um, from my dairy allergy. No, I don't have COVID. I can't get COVID. I don't have COVID. Believe me, we test enough. We test over and over. But I already know. I already go to the doc. I see doctors all the time. Um, so we're concerned that this. That my, that my dairy allergy is morphing into something else now. I mean, it's the same, but it's changing. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's changing. And, and, and I always know that every few years it does a different thing. So it's doing this thing now that is taking longer to leave my system and it's uh, wrecking havoc, so. Like, okay. So I'm on a new regimen of meds. I take more meds than, oh my God, it's just ridiculous. But, you know, I'm, listen, I don't say that without being grateful that I have insurance so that I'm not suffering. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not suffering. I'm grateful that I'm not suffering. So, because I know people who would be suffering with this right now. So uh, I'm just gonna keep on keeping on. <laughs> keep on keeping on. Um, and uh, the, the uh, possible futures is not open today, it's open tomorrow. Just FYI, somebody asked me. No, they, they're closed on Mondays and Sundays. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they're open from like 11 to 5, 11 to 6, that kind of thing. So, yes, 11, 11 to 6, so you can get over there. And usually at 5, if they're closing and people are still in there, they'll stay open a little bit later. I'm not encouraging that because if people put their hours up, that's what it is. Do you know what I mean? So don't be over, don't be running over there telling I said you stay open late. I did not. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh and uh we're getting our streets paved here in Ward 20. God knows these streets are dogs. Ooh, these streets are terrible. Uh, but yeah, we're getting we already had the gridded. So now um, you know, when they peel off the layer and then they 
get it ready for a, a, getting ready to put the new tar on it. So we'll have a nice driving street, I believe, till the next time. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how this goes. Uh, I'm grateful and I wish all these streets, well, I think all the streets are getting paved in New Haven. I think they're all getting paved. Um, so that's a good thing because some of these streets are awful. Woo! And if you have not um, driven down New Haven streets and you don't know, God help you when you do because that's a little challenging. So <sighs> a little challenging. So let's see, what else is going on? Um, I met, I met, um, well, my, uh, Yvette from, I think she's from Jamaica. She's working on the Lamont campaign. I think that was the first Lamont campaign person I met since, the, since people were launching campaigns. I've not seen any other people for the governor out in these, in New Haven streets. So that was really good. I was like, oh, so we're working with his team to have him on. They contacted me. I was like, okay. So hopefully sometime in October, we can square away a date. Dr. Brown is coming back on. That's what I was saying before we went to break. He's coming back on. We're going to talk about whatever Dr. Brown wants to talk about. I'm encouraging him to write a book. <laughs> so, so we'll see. Uh, that if he if he does it, I mean he already has a book out, but I like another book and maybe one that's not academic driven, maybe one that's you know a romance novel or something. So oh milling, <laughs> my brother said it's called milling. <laughs> oh, that the so that so that the, it make for better, easier for them to, to snow plow. So. I guess there's 10,000 streets in the city. Is it? <laughs> Oof. It feels like it. So, yes, high five to the public works. You know, my favorite first, first line of first responders. Uh, my first line, first, they're the first responders as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, we, I guess we have to be thinking about fall. Ugh. Not just fall, winter. I guess we have to be talking about winter. It's time. I don't want to talk about winter, but I guess we have to get ready to be talking about winter. Um, yesterday just seemed uh, odd. 9-11 just sort of came and... Uh, 9-11 came without a whole lot of fanfare. I think that whole queen dying business took over, took over the airs uh, and sucked all the air out of the room um, for 9-11. Uh, but they, I, I saw a piece where they were talking about all the people that had jumped from the windows and how people were outraged that they were showing those that in magazine, you know, they were, they had it in, the pictures were in print and, and then they were showing some live and so you had not seen those pictures and that footage 
since 9-11 in 2001. And uh, so they're just now um, allowing people to see that stuff, that footage again. And, it, you know, it just seems odd that it's, you know, 21 years uh, since that time um, that that happened. It was just, I mean, I, I, I was home recuperating from surgery and uh, my then husband was with me and people were calling us all morning, right? Because we had slept in. Uh, it was early, early. People were calling, calling. And uh, we didn't have our phones up. So when we when we um, when we finally got up and picked up the phones, we had like a gazillion messages. And people were like, oh, where's Lawrence? Is he in town? I was like, yeah, he's he's in town. And people sent us, go look at the TV. And we... So I, he, you know, he helps me downstairs. We get downstairs, we turn on the TV, and uh, I finally called my sister back because she just was like, "Where's Lawrence? Is he in New York?" I was like, "No, he's right here. I had surgery yesterday. Remember?" And he's like, "Oh, oh, I thought maybe he went to work. No, he's right here." And it was, and then we found out that because he would have been in New York that day. I mean, he was at that particular time. He was working in New York. He would have been in New York that day. And uh, I never, I never saw him cry before until that day. And we were married for, I don't know, two years, maybe three years, three. It was a very tough day. Um, he couldn't get in touch with people and family members in New York because the lines were all jammed and, you know, it was just a tough day. So, so to have it come up yesterday and just, you know, remember that time and where everybody was and where I was and, uh it was difficult you know it was a difficult day difficult day um and now here we are the day after so it has come and gone yet again has come and gone and uh yeah i see um the ukrainians are making some headway they took back a city on the border of russia so they've taken back they're making their moves uh, I I know I know that Putin is just waiting for the world to to uh, to stop paying attention. But these Ukrainians are diligent. They are they are not going to go quietly into that good night. Freedom means too much. And uh, ladies, for you, Robert, uh, I know my Cowboys lost yesterday. I I saw the news. Although I have not watched football since. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, and I, I think I'm a hold to that. Although, although um, I do, I do care about uh, Russell Wilson. I do, I do care about his success with his new team, and uh, and I believe they're playing tonight. Is it tonight? Tonight's game. So, so yeah. So you don't have to tell me my little, my little, my little Cowboys lost. It's all right. They don't call us America's team for nothing. They don't call nobody else America's team. I was just saying. So you say people love to hate on the Cowboys as if they don't have their own teams. Go spend some time on your own team. People love to hate on the Cowboys. I don't know what that, I don't know what that lust is about. I don't know what that level of jealousy is about, but they always trying to bash the Cowboys. They just, I, I don't know what it is. I, I guess because you know, when you when you are a high grade team. I guess people will come for you. (laughs) 
You know, when you when you when you are when you are a high bank team, people come for you. <laughs> you said too many fans. How can you have too many fans? <laughs> you cannot have too many fans. Oh, are, are we taking fans from other people? I'm trying to understand that. <laughs> are we are, are the Cowboys, are the Dallas Cowboys taking fans from other teams? Then them other teams got to be better or have some more cachet or mystique about them or something, you know, just, you know, you know, I mean, I know there's these low budget teams. They want to get in. I know they want to get put on. I get it. I get it. You played somebody like the Dallas Cowboys, you get put on. I get it. I get it. Raise your profile. Too many fans though. Are you kidding me? I guess. And, and look what kind of fans we are. See, I like these other teams, these other teams, man, let me tell you something. They, their little teams lose. They get mad. They start shopping for another team. Dallas Cowboy teams, we don't do that. I've been a, I've been a Dallas Cowboy fan since the days of Tom Landry and Roger Starback. That's how deep this goes for me. And, and you know, the days of Two Tall Jones and Hollywood Henderson and, and Tony Dorsett and, you know, all, all, the, all the cats. I Listen. So I've been a fan. I, I don't shop for another team. Now, there are other teams I dig. I'm always going to go with teams that have black quarterbacks. I like um, um, teams that have black coaches. I, I'll go with those teams. You know, I like that. <laughs> I'm here for it. But Dallas Cowboys is my team. I just, I don't know. So <laughs> that's my team. So I, you know, I can't, I can't control other fans. I don't know. I don't know what they do. I don't know if they weak. I don't know if they, they're not really fans. You know, it's like, oh, today I like this team. Next year I like another team. You know, or maybe, maybe there are fans out there who follow players. You know what? Like my favorite player was over here. Now they're over there. So I'm gonna go over there. You know, I don't, I don't know. I can only tell you how I get down. And I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. And anybody, and I'm a fan of anybody who is a you know got a black quarterback and got a, a black coach like Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, I, you know, I'm just gonna that's 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 just how I, you know, put it out there. You know, so anyway, <sighs> all good, all good, all good. But yeah, I know my team lost, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I want Russell Wilson to do well too, because I like him. I like I like the way he is in the world. I like the way he is with his family. You know, I like the way he's with his children, and I love the way he loves his wife and supports his wife. You know, um, he just seems like a man that is very happy. You know, he doesn't seem like he has demons, and everybody has their dark sides. I get it. But he seems to be, you know, uh, enjoying the game of football and happy. So, you know, so I, I want to see him do well. I really do. So, and and I don't, I don't understand these people that think quarterbacks can't leave cities and towns. Everyone's like, oh, we mad at Russell because of the way he left. Like, so when you leave your job. <laughs> You want people to be mad at you? He's like, oh, you left us. It's a job. At the end of the day, it's a job. And everybody, and anybody who's ever had a job, 
knows that you have to go wherever the opportunities best suit you. That's any J-O-B. That's how jobs work. Nobody is in a job for life unless you are the, the late queen. She was in that gig for 70 years. Her son ain't going to live long enough to be there 70 years. He got maybe at best 10, <laughs> 8. And I'm not speaking nothing over his life. That's not what I'm saying. But he's like 75 or some old mess. So that only a few people have jobs for life. You know, like a, a job that they have forever and ever and ever, and they're going to die in it. And that's the monarch, the people who are monarchs, who sit on thrones around the world. You know, that's that's the only people I know that keeps jobs for life. And, and Supreme Court justices. <laughs> The rest of us, we change jobs. We change jobs for a variety of reasons, for better pay, for better location, for better access to resources. We change jobs because we want our kids to grow up in another place. Same. I would imagine that's what Russell was thinking. I, I want something. They're going to offer it to me. I'm going to go over here and work for them. I don't know why people get mad. They get mad at athletes all the time for this. Basketball players. They get mad at basketball players. Look, look, LeBron left. They didn't like it. I was like, come on, y'all. He's from there, but he would like to look. Maybe he want to live somewhere else. Maybe he wants to work on another team. Maybe he likes to play for some, do you know what I mean? Like another coach. Let's stop. Let's stop. Getting, getting in our feelings about the choices that people make for the betterment of their lives and support those choices. Just, and if you can't support them, shut up. <laughs> you dig them, you dig them. You know, let them, let them play. Everybody can't be Michael Jordan. <laughs> I don't even know. Did Michael Jordan even play for another team other than the Chicago Bulls? I don't even remember. I don't even remember. So, you know. Let, let people make the people have to make choices what is in their best interest. Just like when you leave your job, you leave your job because you you uh you make choices in your best interest. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say about that. That's all I'm gonna say. Although I do miss watching football, but I just can't in good conscience until until the NFL gets right about how they treated um, Colin Kaepernick and the fact that these cats. Uh, The Washington Wizards came out of the front office and play. Okay. Oh, I forgot about that. I, I, uh, I, I need, I need these brothers in the NFL to get on one accord. It's more of them than they are of, of anybody else, and that is leverage. And that they could leverage so much power if they could get on one accord. If some of these cats stop beating women up and raping women and getting in drunk driving accidents, you know, all the stupid stuff that we keep seeing. And I know that's not the majority of them. I know that. But that's the one that gets the press. Those are the, those, these knuckleheads get the press. And I know, and I know what it is because a lot of these cats come from nothing. They ain't come from nothing. And so they get something and they just get out of pocket. Do you know what I mean? Like they just, they don't know how to hold it in. They don't know how to hold it down. They don't know how to, you know, be, 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 they don't know how to live in such a way without all the, oh my God, I look what I could do. Oh, I could buy this car. I could do this. 
and I get it. I don't want to. I don't want to knock anybody's hustle or rain on anybody's parade. But there's got to be a way for them to sort of live a little. Think about the bigger picture. You know, gone are the days. I mean, we we need we need gone are the days of athletes like Muhammad Ali and Jim Brown. And even though Jim Brown got in a little bit of trouble, but at the, it's, you know, at the height of his career, I mean, he had a consciousness about him, Muhammad Ali. I mean, all these cats had a consciousness about them. And I, I, I wish, um, and, and I know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is doing his best of trying to raise some consciousness around some of these brothers. I mean, I, I, I see it. I see it. You know, a lot of them are, are, are doing amazing, amazing things and are, are trying to follow in those kinds of footsteps. I see it, you know, but it's just it's just nearly not enough of them doing it. You know, no shade, no shade. But I just, you know, I know, I, I know what it is, you know. Yeah. I, I yeah, I think, you know, I have to have my brother on because he texted me. We having this back and forth conversation. <laughs> And, you know, I used to think, why don't they put these things in place for these brothers? But they do. There's all kinds of financial people, you know, that, you know, I mean, they've got good examples of people who do. I mean, they've got magic is still around. I mean, a lot of these cats are still, you know, doing amazing things. I mean, Michael Jordan is still around, you know, and, and I know that they mentor as many folks as they can, you know, who is willing to listen and to, you know, um, I mean, listen. Let me tell you something, how tight Michael Jordan's PR people were. They, we didn't even know he gambled. <laughs> we didn't know anything. We didn't know anything about his personal life. We didn't know anything until much, much, much later. These young people now, they get in there, and, you know, all their businesses out there. And they just are, they're just, you know, crazy, you know, just a level of crazy. So, but anyway, um, I, I keep playing, I keep praying for these, these athletes and, you know, that, I will tell you my thoughts on the draft because it just it just feels like a slave auction to me. And I, I I know that's harsh because people say, well, they they're getting all this money, so it's not like an auction. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the tools that they, they reward you with. It doesn't matter what they reward you with. It's still an auction. It's still, still, it's still an auction. And please don't tell me, oh well, how could we do this? Did we that? Listen, that that draft is an auction. Just like the middle, just bringing Africans here and auctioning them on slave blocks is the same. It's the same. It hasn't changed. The mentality is still the same. The criteria is still the same. So that's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna I'm gonna back up off that because I know everybody ain't ready for that kind of thinking and and that that talk. They feel some kind of way about it. But think about it. Just 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 go and read up on how auctions were conducted, slave auctions were conducted, and then put the NFL and the NBA drafts next to it. And then you make your own, you make your, make up your own mind about the similarities and the, and the differences. I'm just, I'm just inviting you to the table. I'm not trying to make you eat a damn thing. I'm just inviting you to the table. So sit down, look around, inventory, see what you want to jump into. I'm just inviting you. If you don't, if you think I'm, if you think I'm wrong, then don't, don't look it up. Don't compare. Don't put them side by side. Keep going like you're going. Just don't mind me. <laughs> don't mind me. But for me, that's what, it, when I, every time I see it, that's what it looks like. 
And you can save all the money. If they're willing to give somebody $80 million or a billion, whatever, then that means some other money is somewhere else. That is more than that money that you see. I'm just, just follow, just follow the bouncing ball. Just follow, follow along. Like you can't, you cannot, you can't just sit and be a fan and not know the history, the backstory, what is going on. That you, you gotta, if you're gonna be a fan, be one all the way around. Don't, don't, don't pick and choose what you what you care to know about. That's all I'm saying. You know. Look how look how easy they are willing to support athletes who do terrible things. And there's a lot of them that do. Beat women, hurt women, hurt people. But the minute, the minute the 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 paradigm shifts to like thinking about rights and Black Lives Matter and how they rep, how you show up in your community and what you do for your community. The minute you start that conversation in those spaces, now you become agent, you become uh, 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 persona non grata. Now they don't want they because they don't want they don't want social social consciousness in in those locker rooms. They don't want social consciousness in those locker rooms. They don't want these cats out there telling people to vote. They don't want these cats out here um, um, uplifting communities. They don't want that. They don't want it. You know what they want to see? They want to see you in trouble. They want to see you locked down. They want to see you pulled over. They want to see you spread across newspapers because you done beat some girl to death or you done raped a bunch of women because you was having orgies. That's that's all I'm going to say. Let's take a look what they will allow and what they don't allow. And then you make your own decisions. I got to go. I'll be back tomorrow, though. But we got to talk about this. And we got to talk about the rap culture, too. Because I got some words about that, too. But I'm going to go. I'll see (laughs) y'all. Thanks, Harry or Nora, whoever's running this ship today. I'll be back tomorrow. Y'all have a good one. My lord. <laughs>